0: Welcome! You're listening to the podcast, Outlander Soul, searching for the soul of Outlander, with me, Dr.
1: Jamie Reeves. And me, Rev. Terry Menevigal. Hi, my name
0: is Lynn R., and you're listening to the Outlander Soul podcast, where we look at the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon through a theological, religious, and spiritual lens, and talk about the story's meaning in our lives.
1: As always, be aware there are spoilers ahead.
0: Okay, so we're recording both video and audio for
1: our dear listeners here.
0: So for <laughs> Patreon, we're doing a video of our discussion of this episode just to give you guys a little bit of extra, a little
1: something. bit of extra love from us. Yeah, and gratitude. I'm afraid you're you're looking at um, <laughs> at, at, at me with without a pass <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's sunday morning in the states Sunday the afternoon here in the uk i'm in my flannels you're in yeah, yeah I'm, in is, I'm in my beatles t-shirt
1: right
0: this is the beauty of podcasting nobody has to see you however <laughs> with doing the facebook lives this past uh season with the tv yeah. show i've found yeah oh my gosh we're on video i should probably go put some makeup on Sorry. <laughs> Have been doing that. So anyway, the video recording here that you're you're watching will not be edited, <laughs> so you'll see us struggle for our notes and figure out what we're gonna do and kind of um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Sort you'll of also hear
1: um a lot,
0: um, <laughs> like just then. Uh, yeah, exactly. That you don't hear in the podcast recording because Terry's. Terry's a genius and is able to uh, take all that out. So yeah. So just a little intro there to the to the Patreon people who are listening. Yeah. Or who are watching. Watching, not listening. So this is season two, episode eleven. <laughs>
1: Bonus, material, Bonus for, material for all but, of our fans.
0: A, but an actual episode as well. Yes. So this is the final episode of season two of the Al Andrewsill podcast. Yeah. We are going to wrap it up and take a little bit of a break, f- figure out what we're doing for season three and live our lives and do our jobs and all those other things that demand attention. Yeah. And then come back. We haven't really set a date, but probably sometime April, April May. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think April sixteenth is our anniversary. Is so one year anniversary. It's our one year yeah. anniversary, and so I think yeah. what what I'd like to see is is come back in April. Yeah. But we've got to we've got to get through March and.
0: There's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're starting
0: a new job in two weeks job. time. Yeah, in a so in a week. Be, yeah.
1: Yeah. In in weeks time. So That's right. yeah, so I'll be I'll be heavy and into that in in March, but I should have at least enough time to edit a couple of podcasts yeah. and and for us yeah. to put it together.
0: Yeah. And then I'm doing a retreat in the early part of March and then I'm speaking at a festival and being a theologian in residence at a church, which I didn't tell this you about is terrible. So I'm awesome. Like, oh my
1: that. gosh. Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: Yay. Yeah, that's happening in Texas at the end of March and the first week in April. And yeah, so there's just a lot happening and it's really great. But yeah, that means that the things that Perhaps don't pay as much, such as the podcast. Need to kind of take a second chair, as it were. So anyway, life is, life is <laughs> happening, and we, we have to make adjustments. As far as listener feedback goes, I have one thing that I want to make sure and share. And this is related to the episode that we did around Roger's call invocation. And a regular listener, Elizabeth, got in touch with us via Twitter you said thanks and all that stuff, which we're happy to oblige. But she says, um, my first thought was about the idea that Jamie hated learning about history from Roger because he talked about it in a cold, historical manner. And we talked about that a bit in that episode and that we pointed out that, that Jamie asks Claire repeatedly about Preston Pans and he doesn't seem to have the same kind of issue talking to her about it. Right. But, but that there is always a line that struck Elizabeth in that scene. And she says, after she tells him what she knows, she makes a comment that it was overall an unimportant battle in history. And Jamie makes noise and repeats unimportant. And she says, I'm sorry. And Jamie says, it's not your fault, Satsanak. But in her interior monologue, she felt like it was. And Elizabeth says, I thought it was so telling in how he hated to talk about history with Roger because what historians deem unimportant is still really important for those who are in the moment. Yeah. And I thought that was a really great observation. She says that it might be a blip in the radar of history, but to men who would fight that battle or go through whatever it is historically, it would still mean life and death. Yeah. And it would still be a major moment for them in their lives. And she says, I think that plays into his fear of talking about history from Roger because Roger is so objective and removed from it as a historian would be versus what Jamie is experiencing which is not objective and very much connected to the moment and to the outcome and to this life and death
1: reality that he's facing.
0: It's fantastic. It's a great great. observation.
1: I mean, If you think about how important Preston Pans was to Fergus. Yeah. It's his first battle. He kills someone. He It, the first person that he kills that we know of. I mean, it's just, uh, when he felt as if he had become a man. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got uh, this whole, this microcosm versus the macro and it, in the long stretch of history. This yeah. is just one blip, but for, yeah. for the people who experience it, it's.
0: Yeah. So I did university, my uh, major uh, amongst basically three, Always the overachiever. But I was a history major as one of them. And I remember my professor talking about there is more history that happens in a day than we have recorded in all of time. If we think about history as being an event that happens that moves into the past. So me going to buy and I used to kind of do this spiel when I talked about kind of the the moral issues around memory and history, but if I go out and I buy a pint of milk and I cure cancer with that pint of milk, then that becomes a monumental thing and we might tell that story in 10, 15, 200 years time. But if I or if I go out and do something ridiculous with that pint of milk or, you know, terrorist act or something like that, it also becomes Yeah. Some it's a part of our history and our story, and we tell that. But me just going out and buying that pint of milk isn't of historical value unless there's some kind of meaning we assign to it. And so, just kind of thinking about when we assign meaning through Preston Pans or through you know, whatever these historical events that are happening, there's you talk about the fiery cross as being this one single day. And we spend so much time in the gathering in that one single day. Right. And there is nothing of any monumental historical importance that happens in that scene. And yet, it is so full. There is so much that happens in that. And it is people's lives. And it's maybe not life and death. You could debate it. But not in the same way that a battle would be. But it's still history. Yeah, but I, I mean, my, my spiel when I used to talk about this with the organization I worked in in Northern Ireland was we pick and choose our histories and we pick and choose yeah. the stories that we tell that confirm or give importance to or or value. basis for value for who we think we are. Or who were not. So me going up in the South, and I know this was your experience too, that I had family members and friends, people I went to church with, who celebrated Robert E. Lee Day, not Martin Luther King Day. Yep. And, And the reason why they chose that was because we are that and not this. We will tell this history and celebrate this history. We won't celebrate that history. Right. And so it's this picking and choosing and this telling of the stories. And the thing is, the history is there and how you interpret it and what you choose to celebrate or focus on then determines what is of value to you and your community. Yeah. And so people will talk about, oh, revisionist history and that, you know, we can't, we can't change history. No, we can't. But we can certainly change the stories that we tell.
1: We can tell the story of history. We can tell a more complete mm-hmm. history. And we can tell the history of the people who live on the underside of it. And we have not done so. So history is always told through the eyes of the victor. It's yep. always told through the eyes of the powerful to maintain that yep. type of power. In the yep. American South, it's, it's not the victor of the actual battle mm-hmm. or the actual war, but it is told through the victor of the race war that was the victor yep. for a very, very long time. So yep. once Jim Crow is established, yeah, that story, it's not really that story. It's more of a legend. It's more mm-hmm. of a, the myth of mm-hmm. the American South, the myth of the of the old days being so great and wonderful. And, yeah. and it mixes like the whole mythology of the uh, Garden of Eden by by placing the, the past, nostalgia always yes, hearkening back to
0: a time when everything was okay. Was good. Which we've and, talked about in the podcast. Right. Yeah.
1: And if you look at the beginning, the very beginning of the movie, not the, the book, uh, Gone with the Wind, that's what it says. There was a time
0: mm-hmm. that
1: everything was beautiful and everything mm-hmm. was wonderful. and And that just perpetuates that kind of mythology. And yeah. so there are other mythologies that are being perpetuated. And it's always good to ask why we're yeah. telling this particular story looking for mm-hmm. other stories that are out there looking for other uh, other witnesses yeah. you know it's it's always a good idea to take a look at the primary sources of any any kind of story that you are hearing mm-hmm. and call into question any foundations that you've you've made your, yourself yeah
0: and where <laughs> so, yeah where does the power power lie in this always story. that's who, always who the question it. yeah 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 so, so wow. anyway yeah yeah a bit of a um diversion there but hey thanks elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We see um, like yeah yeah i, I always kind of go down that rabbit hole <laughs> to use a <it>, season <laughs> episode uh, oh nice segue there that JV. was very that was very um <laughs> clever wasn't it So yeah, okay, the point of this (laughs) Here's a taste of what we're going to be doing for the rest of the episode We're going to just kind of wander and sort of talk about the overview of how we feel about the most recent TV series So Season 4 has just finished a few weeks ago And we're in Droughtlander Um, now (laughs) We are in Droughtlander now, yeah And the Facebook Lives... So we did Facebook Lives after each episode and kind of gave our initial impressions. They were only 15 minutes long, so they weren't in any kind of serious depth... But we wanted to make sure and give space for a few things that we we felt needed to kind of be aired out a little bit more. And then, yeah. And then we'll close up, too, with a wrap-up of just this season of our own podcast series. Yep. And kind of where we want to go and, and just kind of reflect on what's happened so far and ask your opinion about a few things. And then we're done. So, right. Overview of how we feel about season four. General observations. General
1: turn. observations. Gosh. Season four had lots of ups, lots of downs for me anyway. I, I started mm. re-watching it a couple of days ago mm. and I'll probably finish up rewatching it this weekend. I've got a lot going on today. Unfortunately, I may not be able to do some of that today, but... I know. I meant to binge it before we did this episode and I just haven't had the time. No, I just, no. It's, I want to, but I just haven't. It's, it's been crazy here mm. as well. I was able to at least get a few of them. I, I'd forgotten so much of them because, I mean, I think yeah. we, we, you know, it's it's like eating a bag of chips. You start just go, <laughs> you suck it up and you're going, wait a minute, what did they taste like? And that's kind of what this is like. I, you know, I just felt like I'd just eaten this huge bag of chips. inhaled it. Inhaled it, and then I didn't have a chance to really, really digest mm-hmm. a lot of it in the way that I wanted to digest it. Overall, I think that the producers did a pretty decent job with, representing the book where they have a difficulty in the book is that the book is you know 850 pages long there's right There's no
0: way and there's so and they've no got 13 they episodes so the whole book yeah people would be complaining if they'd done it in 30 you yes. know like it
1: so there's gonna be complaints no matter what they're not gonna satisfy everybody there have been a lot of complaints this season I don't know if there have I been have. as many complaints this season as there were last season but it just seems like this season Every time I saw a thread on social media, it was always "I'm never seeing this again." I'm canceling my stars, <laughs> and they never which I will
0: say has do. happened every season.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. I was now more whether or not it's it. the same level,
0: I have no idea. It feels more, more this season than it has done in the past, but. I also might be because I was paying more attention
1: whereas I was, before I was yeah like, maybe I was more aware uh, and I'm um I yeah. yeah so if you're writing an adaptation you're going to have to mm-hmm. focus on who is the main character who is the protagonist mm-hmm. whose story are we telling we had a setup in the first season of this is where mm-hmm. we are we are in Scotland mm-hmm. and so a lot of the first season is the setup and the book is that way too yeah the book is, is. is set up because we're totally. seeing everything through we're seeing 18th century Scotland through a 20th century English woman's eyes, mm-hmm. and so we we get a lot of setup there. We get a lot of exposition, and there was a lot of exposition in this episode in this season for uh, mm-hmm. Outlander in season four because we've and and there there is in the book. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of exposition of of now we're in a different place, now we're in a different mm-hmm. time, now mm-hmm. we've got to deal with Native Americans, now we need to deal with uh, the colonies, the colonies sort of situation, yeah, the yeah. Uh, you know the uh, and this uh, mix of of colonists, yes, and and a wilderness that has not been developed, that mm-hmm. is brand new, so there are elements that are much harsher than they were in even in Scotland, and so mm-hmm. I, I think that some of the issue is that one of the characters in the story is the colonies. One of the characters Mm -hmm. in the story is this new context in which we find ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that took up a lot of time and it Mm -hmm. took some time away from Jamie and Claire. I think it also, we've now got, and Roger. And Ferguson Marsley. And Ferguson Marsley. And, and Myrta. Myrta's back. And Ian. Yeah. Um, Ian was a huge piece of the story too. And we mm-hmm. we haven't had so many characters. Extra on the, bits. Yeah, yeah. That are that we're going to follow for a while. I mean mm-hmm. we had Dougal and we had Column and we had Leary and we had some of those other characters that we've been following in the earlier books and in the earlier oh. series but...
0: We weren't really following them as characters. No. There. We were only
1: following their interactions
0: with Jamie and Claire as right. characters. Everything as was to... jamie
1: Claire centric until yeah. maybe the third season when we started to getting pieces of Roger and Bree. But we, we also had Blackjack Randall, and we also had right. Frank in season three. So I, yeah. I, I think that there definitely was a stepping back from Claire and Jamie mm-hmm. and now starting to tell the story of America, now starting to tell the story of... Roger and Brie now telling the story of Marceline and Fergus and now telling the story of Ian. And and in the books, it's seamless. Mm -hmm. It is so expected in the books. We seem to want to have those stories. I do. I love the story of Roger and I Mm -hmm. love the story of Brie. What the writers have to do is pick the focus if you've only got Mm -hmm. 13 shows, 13 hours Mm -hmm. to tell an 850-page book. Look. I know, I know, yeah. and it's it's an impossible task in a lot is. of ways. It is.
0: For me, I I really love this season. I to be honest, I, it's up there with season one for me. Those wow. I I would say season one and season four have been the have been the best seasons so far. For wow, me. wow, wow, wow. And partially because of some of the choices that they made with season two, just felt a bit. Problematic, Especially Jamie's recovery and and dealing with his trauma. And, yeah. you know, the choices that they had to make for a TV show as opposed to the book. You know, you know I get that. And then season three, well, Voyager was my least favorite book. And so... I have to agree. So season three was <laughs> okay. But, you know, like I wasn't... I'd watch it. You know, like it's <laughs> fine. But yeah, season four, I they were... There was so much in this season that I thought was so good, and they did such a good job. And and I and I come at it too with this idea. So I've been working on. I do a lot of biblical studies work in my in my job at at the college, and so I'm about to give a lecture on kind of how to read the text. And there's this whole idea about the the world of the text the world before the text and the world behind the text and kind of looking at the at the different lenses that we yeah. that we use to read or or to watch a text and i'm just aware of something around the way in which people are in, interacting with this story that is the <laughs> similar to oddly enough since we t- we talk about talk, dealing with this story as sacred text, the way in which we talk about the Bible and how people get so het up, so worried, and so like we have to defend this text in a particular way because it's been interpreted wrong, you know, or whatever it is. And it's like, hang on a second, guys. This is an interpretation. Yes. And that's okay. And it's a different media. Yeah, it's a completely different medium. So I'm just thinking about the way I loved the changes they made in the Do Not Harm episode. I thought the way in which the story for TV has been changed to deal with issues around the indigenous people and kind of Native Americans, the way it's been dealing with slavery and enslaved Africans, just the way in which that has been talked about and dealt with in this story is an, in- is an interpretation, but it's a responsible one. And it's a choice that's been made that I think gives Credence not only to the story that we know and love, but to the issues that also have direct application to current political conversations right now. And yeah. so for that reason, I'm really grateful for the changes that they've made. I'm grateful that they called Yintin Cho, Yintin Cho and not Willoughby it last season. Yeah. I'm yeah. grateful for those changes. For that reason... I season four has been fantastic for me in a lot of
1: ways. That first episode was probably the worst one for me. I agree with you on that. <laughs> I so one of the things that I've I continue to read and I keep seeing, and one of the changes from this year is the change in the sex. Yeah, there's a lot of sex yeah. in the other seasons.
0: A lot of people rascally don't sex. i about not
1: seeing Jamie Shag on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and the um complaint of the gratuitous so on, on the one hand they really wanted to see mm-hmm. Claire and Jamie you know banging all the time the Fraser bang fest as yes Amanda and Goose calls it unclothed <laughs> banging instead of the clothed banging yeah. but then on the same with the same breath I'm also hearing the whole Roger mm-hmm. Bree night was gratuitous mm-hmm. and and was not necessary and I'm like Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. What I think is happening is the writers did step back from the story of Jamie and Claire mm. so that they could mm-hmm. tell the story of Brie and Roger. And for those who've mm-hmm. not read the books, that's vital because they, mm-hmm. Brie and Roger are a huge portion of the story moving forward. Mm-hmm. They have their own story arcs. They have their own discoveries. They have mm-hmm. their own story apart from Jamie and Claire. Jamie mm-hmm. and Claire still drive the whole thing, but Roger mm-hmm. and Brie also mm-hmm. have their own story that is important. They become protagonists as well. And this confused a lot of people who have not read the books because they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, what's going on?" But even I think even some book readers, <laughs>
0: some of the groups I've, I've I'm on, they say they've read the books and they really
1: don't, But know. I mean, there are huge swaths I'm like, of the I don't books know dedicated which to books this. books you read? But <laughs> I mean we get into what Bree's thinking, we get into what Roger's thinking that we they we we, we, they we and they have a very healthy sex life in the books. And Jamie and Claire do as well. They continue having a very healthy sex life in the books and you get some really lovely discoveries in the books. And I think that's where the issue is. I think that's where the mm-hmm. issue lies for for me. I did miss and I have to mm-hmm. say, I have to be honest with you. I did miss the connection between Claire and Jamie this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I understand that I have to sacrifice that a bit for the 13 hours that we only get to describe 850 pages and that it has to, it has to make us love Roger and Brie. It has to make us love that couple. And so I've had to, in the books, I don't have to give either of them up, but I do have to Mm -hmm. for the television show Mm because it's a different medium. However, I did miss it and I felt like there was enough things for Jamie and Claire to discover in each other mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. in the books that they could have added for the television show. Yeah, I think that I think that what the writers and the directors were really trying to do is show a Jamie and Claire as they've never been before, which is happy couple mm-hmm. living together. Mm-hmm with a routine and settled into their own space. And it doesn't have to be this magical thing. It's everyday life. Right. And that's the magic of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Except that on screen, that's boring. Yeah. Yep. And so it, it, it didn't have the spark mm-hmm. that other seasons have had because they were discovering things knew about each other. Yeah. I mean, in, in the books, we know that this has only been a couple of months, mm-hmm. maybe three months, four months, since she since Claire came back through the stones to see Jamie. Mm-hmm. So there's still a very real possibility at the beginning of the book that Claire could just book. Mm-hmm. She could leave. Mm-hmm. She could go. She mm-hmm. could go back through the stones mm-hmm. if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so there's still that feeling of newness. Yeah. And I think we miss some of that here. They they get very settled very quick. Mm -hmm. They are very comfortable with each other very quickly. And Mm -hmm. we need to see that because when when Brie comes into the picture, later in the story, when she comes back through this, when she comes through the stones to warn her parents Mm -hmm. about the fire, she needs to see her mother as a wife Mm -hmm. and as a partner with Jamie in a different way than she saw with Frank. Yeah. She needs to see that settled happiness, that contentness that she's never seen with Frank. And I think, she, I mean, they certainly made reference to it in the TV show, but the passage of time is always
0: so difficult to do, I think. It is.
1: Well, it is. Except so that <laughs> yeah, time is central in this. Time is so central in this story. Mm. And so there, there is an opportunity. I think that there there might have been some opportunities to show Claire continually choosing to be with Jamie rather than going back to the stones. And Jamie still continually choosing to be with Claire rather than, you know, going off on his own, which he's done before. I I would have, I personally would have liked to have seen more of that Mm -hmm. rather than just the settled Jamie and Claire. I, I think that there would have been more opportunity for them to have chemistry in that way. Mm -hmm. I think some of the chemistry was forced. I I rewatched Blood of My Blood. Mm -hmm. And so I would have loved that to end with Willie looking back at his father and just end it. But I think that the writers wanted to have another sex scene. And so they have Mm -hmm. Jamie and Claire, Mm -hmm. half naked, taking a bath. Mm -hmm. And that scene was not really what I was hoping for. What, What really sparks a good romantic scene for me is a discovery. And a growth mm-hmm. and a choice to be with someone. Mm-hmm. And you make that choice. And that's why I really liked the Roger Bree scenes. I think mm-hmm. we you need those, you need to find that connection. You need to know that this mm-hmm. is something new for them, that they're discovering mm-hmm. something together, that they've made the choice to be together. And then they make the choice to be apart. And that's yeah. and, and that sets up the that sets up the discovery later yeah. is the choice to be apart
0: outlander casted a or published an article who was it written by andre Mm poppleton and the title of the article is is outlander still a groundbreaking tv show and one of the one of the things that so they're talking about basically through throughout season one especially and then i think it perhaps you know decreases as time goes on. But the whole issue around the feminine gaze, that the laughter and enjoyment and their, just the passion I guess, between Jamie and Claire. But they're talking about Meryl Davis, the executive producer, talking about the scene in 401 where Jamie and Claire have sex in the woods that was supposed to be a nod to the river sex scene that's in Drums of Autumn which I remember going, oh my gosh is that supposed to be the, the replacement? But yeah. in the book and i'm quoting from the article here so in the book jamie happens upon claire who's decided to have a bit of hot sex with herself while waiting for him to turn up the scene in the book is wondrous because harking back to the wedding night when the naive young jamie didn't know that women could have orgasms here the much older jamie didn't know that women could masturbate and this is an example of how, in the source material, Jamie and Claire are always discovering and enjoying new things about each other. Yeah. Like, like what you were saying. Often reflecting their different perspectives and understandings from different times. And that the TV show, the TV scene, doesn't evoke that same kind of intent. And that, that's that is perhaps why some people are... Maybe is what's underlying the they're not having enough sex or it's not the same. And I, I understand that critique. I don't watch it for the sex. However, I do understand that and I do think it is amazing what season one was able to do in relation to especially female sexuality or to depict it in a particular in a different way. The other part of me goes, okay, so it was at that time, it was groundbreaking but it set an example that perhaps other shows are now doing. I don't know. I can't give examples right off the top of my head. But we all watched TV that was even 10 years ago and go, oh my gosh, that was really, you know, really outdated. So it does make me wonder, Have has Outlander changed or have we changed?
1: I think Outlander has changed, at least in this particular season, between Jamie and right. Claire. I think that we get, yeah. we get some... Feminine gaze, we get some feminism and mm-hmm. um, being comfortable with sex between Roger and Bree, and I think that mm-hmm. might be some of the criticism there. Is mm-hmm. Bree is Bree is still a virgin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she is she is like, yep, I'm I'm ready to go. Let's do this thing, and I want to do this mm-hmm. with Roger. She wants to proceed with him, and he doesn't. And I, there's been a lot of chatter about Roger and a lot of chatter about those particular scenes. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, guys, for the. <laughs> women can you get your shit together I'm just like (laughs) I get so angry at my own gender about stuff like this
0: what what stuff are you talking about what what shit do we need to get together
1: so Either, either Rogers being a total jerk, or, mm. uh, geez, Bree should just run to Roger and love him because he uh, actually because uh, proposed he her. Because he stones for her. Yeah. I- I'm like, come on, Bree's virginity is her own. Let her own that, and mm-hmm. and if that's what she wants, and if she wants to be with Roger, she can make that proposal, and she does. And that doesn't make her a slut. That doesn't make her anything other than Bree. This is what she is. Who knows her own mind. Exactly. And then for her to turn down Roger's proposal and people get angry at Bree for that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. she's not ready. She said she's not ready. It's okay that mm-hmm. she's ready for sex and not ready for Roger to marry her. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It is also okay for her to tell Roger to go away after they've had sex. <laughs> it's okay. Because mm-hmm. Roger's being a bit of a jerk. And people mm-hmm. get upset that Roger's a jerk. Not because Mm -hmm. the character is written that way, because the character is written that way. By the way, he's written that way. He's written that way. He's written as a Mm -hmm. traditionalist who wants his Mm -hmm. new wife to be a virgin and who wants he wants to be the man of the house, kind of thing. He's written this way,
0: like most men I grew up knowing in the twentieth century, but even in like the nineteen nineties. So you know, this is the sixties. You know.
1: but Not people get upset, okay, but he was a man of his time. Yes, and people get upset that he is this way. Yeah. They didn't get upset that Jamie was this way in the ni- 18th century. <laughs> no. But yeah, they're upset yeah. about Roger. And so yeah, I Because they expect better of him as a 20th century man. Yeah. I, I, it's okay for you to be conflicted about a mm-hmm. character. Please. I mean, this is... It's okay. You don't have to like everything they do. Exactly. You can love a character and accept Mm. that they're complicated. And I think that's Mm. one of the overarching... To me, that's Mm. kind of one of the overarching themes of the season, is that people Mm. are complicated. When I went through the season, I'm like, every episode has got people doing good and bad things, and these are Mm -hmm. good and bad characters. So bad characters Mm. do good things, good characters do bad things. People are complicated in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I I love that about the season. I do too. So the, the False Bride was one of them. People are complicated. Mm-hmm. Roger is not necessarily the perfect guy. Bree is not necessarily no. the perfect woman um no. because she's not sharing everything about what she's planning on doing.
0: A friend of mine who hasn't finished the books texted me and and was basically talking about the trade between Ian and Roger and saying that was the worst trade ever and made this comment about the Bex oh, yeah. and Theresa trading things for you know whatever it was a joke that you know probably only british people understand but um <laughs> but it was just kind of the worst trade ever because roger was such a dick why did we have to give up Ian for roger and i was like i love roger and i and, I, and we've talked about that why yeah. i love roger but roger changes as a character he realizes he's a dick and he's going oh wait a second oh. You know, and then he does something about it, and 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 I love that about a character that they that they are self-aware enough, and that's what I love about Rogers is self-awareness, and he may be a in a rage at the very beginning, but is able to reflect on it and has this this power of reflection within himself and to yep. be able to read other people, in a in such an empathetic and. Just lovely way, for lack of a better term, and so that's why I love Roger. But yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, he was.
1: He was. Yeah. And Bree, and Bree was whiny and self-absorbed, yeah. Yeah. and and not sharing what she needed to share. But as a female in the '60s, he would have tried to stop her. Yeah. And had the means and the power to do so is the is yeah. the other thing. Is you know you can try to stop somebody in two thousand and. 19, and you may not be able to do that as a female, but back in the early 70s, women in the United States still couldn't get credit cards on their own without their husband's signatures. Oh, I know. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind. (laughs) So he had the power and the ability to stop her, and he he very likely would have.
0: There was another article that's connected to this. We're kind of weaving between the two. So it was an article, You Broke My Heart, Fredo, the Unmaking of Outlander, and talking about how she's never going to watch
1: again four was the end we've of we've seen that so many times this yeah. season oh i'm canceling my stars subscription uh,
0: no, but I, I saw it last the last the other seasons too so and i i just don't know if it's worse this time or not but she says it's moolach M O O L A C H R D or just a girl with spirit dot wordpress.com dot she says, if I had never read the books, I would know that the writing team were deliberately changing the essence of the main characters, particularly Jamie and Claire, and now, to some extent, Roger. I would think that Claire is supposed to be some fantastical, time-traveling hybrid of Mother Teresa, Marie Curie, and Laura Croft Tomb Raider, and that Jamie is her faithful, but largely disposable sidekick. I would think that Roger was supposed to be an unlikable, self-absorbed Pratt. The problem is that I have read the books, and I know that's not how it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. What do you I, think? I, I think that that's actually a really good observation from the season. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that, the, as I was saying before, the, the relationship between Jamie and Claire is a little too perfect. I think the writers are trying to set up, and I don't remember if I said this earlier in this very podcast because my brain is wandering... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I understand what the writers are trying to do here. Jamie and Claire have not had an opportunity to be Jamie and Claire in a nice, comfortable way. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they should be comfortable with each other yet. Again, it's been not too long since Claire came back through the stones when we first see them and they just seem very, very comfortable and at ease with each other. And because of that, Claire comes off as being extremely perfect. Mm-hmm she's very competent we know but one of the one of the ways you discover things and one of the ways you make choices towards someone it's it's gotta have a higher stake yeah the choice isn't a choice to stay with somebody unless the stakes are high unless you can lose something Mm -hmm. we don't see that at all between jamie and claire this year Mm. it's in the books jamie Mm -hmm. uh, claire goes out and saves jamie from dying in the books Jamie saves Claire. They they mm. make choices to be with each other. I do agree that it would seem that Claire is this magical creature and Jamie mm. is kind of
0: her faithful but disposable sidekick. I,
1: I don't know about that, but I don't know if I would make it that harsh, but I would say that they become something all too perfect. Mm. They be, mm. and and I that, see
0: that and that makes
1: them boring yeah. in so many ways they're raising stakes in other ways they're raising stakes with the regulators and the fighting and mertz showing up and Mm -hmm. and ian going off with the indigenous peoples and they're raising some stakes with roger and brie coming back but they are not raising the stakes between jamie and claire and it's Mm -hmm. as if that's just settled
0: yeah that that's the static thing upon which everything else is built that's and yeah
1: so why would i watch anymore for jamie and Claire? if it's settled if mm-hmm. there's not going to be any new discovery and there's no growth there mm-hmm. I, I understand her point of view on that I, I think that the writers were kind of hemmed in by trying to tell the story of Brie and Roger in uh, in as much detail as they had told Jamie and Claire's story in the in the beginning and they couldn't yeah. so you ended up with really sacrificing the Jamie and Claire story. So for those of you who felt dissatisfied with mm. this and have have not read the books, Drums of Autumn is probably one of my most favorite of the, of the eight books. Mm. I, I love mm. the depiction. I love the choices that Claire and Jamie make and they don't always make good choices and they do continually have to choose each other in the book. They do continually wonder about each other. you know they, they, they love each other. They, they make that choice daily and I, yeah. we see that rather than yeah. this you're comfortable you're my faithful dog <laughs> and, I, and you'll always be my masseuse kind of thing um, i also wanted to to say I, I, I like i like what she said there but i also read outlandercast.com and we've talked a lot about whose story is this whose story is this and i think in the and yeah. the television shows that there's a outlandercast did a great it's a blog on online at OutlanderCast.com. And they did a a great blog back in May of last year, a year ago, whether or not the show is Jamie or Claire's story. And Diana actually comments on this. Diana's husband comments on it. Mm -hmm. And he says that the book is actually Jamie's story told through Claire's eyes. Claire is Mm -hmm. telling the story of, of her surroundings and her relationship with this person in the context of the 18th century. And While Diana does not call that out and says, and says, yes, I completely agree with it. He's completely right there. She also doesn't dispute what her husband says. Mm. What she says basically is that telling a woman's story about the difficulty that they have or the issues that they're dealing with or, you know, the discrimination or how to raise their children and everything, she goes, that's in a lot of stories, but it's not really quite as interesting unless you're telling it in another context. Mm-hmm. And so what her story does is it tells a woman's struggle through the context in the eyes of a 20th century woman in mm-hmm. the context of the 18th century Scotland, mm-hmm. making it really heightened and interesting and the stakes are so much higher. It's the yeah. same issues that we've got today Mm-hmm. Even when she goes back to the 20th century, she deals with issues of childcare, deals with issues mm-hmm. of her husband, deals with is- issues of her gender in a patriarchal society. And so yeah. we see all of that. Mm-hmm. However, when you, when you get to the television show, you got to pick somebody. In the book, what this is called is rather than a protagonist, which is mm-hmm. only one person, one person. Mm-hmm. it's a deuteragonist. Which is mm-hmm. two people. So, this is mm-hmm. Greek. And mm-hmm. then you can also have a triagonist, which is mm-hmm. three people, and the story of the three people you follow, and they all move the story along. It's, it's this way and with. Quadragonist, I would assume. Yes, there's. Or the, if
0: we include Roger Brie and Brie. Roger,
1: yes. Mm-hmm. So, Brie and Roger are now part of the protagonist. They're a protagonist mm-hmm. couple,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're part of the, the quad of the story that, that moves the story mm-hmm. along. It is mm-hmm. still Jamie's story and Claire's story to tell. If either one of them goes away, if Claire mm-hmm. goes away, she can't tell Jamie's story. No. If Jamie goes away, there's no story to tell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just mm-hmm. Claire being Claire. Yeah. And so the, the two of them together make the magic, and they, they make the magic because they're in a context and they come from such different places. I love that idea. In, in the television show, though, that's really hard to do. hmm you end up with something like Love Actually Mm -hmm. if you try to tell everybody's story at the same time. You end up with all of the protagonists and the six to ten stories that you're moving forward. And so you only get bits and pieces of them and you can't go very deep. Yeah. So they've made well, a choice. Well Diane
0: has responded to that question too. So it was on a one of the Outlander groups. I think it was on her CompuServe or something like that and someone took a screenshot. But someone asked her, Is are Roger and Bree also protagonists in the story? And she says how could they not be with her little how she uses her 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 computer speak for scratching her head she says I mean if you read the books you can see how much of the story belongs to them less than belongs to Jamie and Claire but it's still a significant thread of the overall larger story worth noting she says I think that Roger and Brianna's thread winds through and over Jamie and Claire so it's a major part of Jamie and Claire's story and Jamie and Claire are a major part of Roger and Bree's story Yeah, and so it's this weaving that she's talking about she says, I'm always at a loss when people ask stuff like this because it really doesn't make any sense so I say, as I just did, that yes Roger and Bree are also protagonists in the story which should be obvious, but let's leave that alone for now well then what? You get some people clucking that they don't want to watch anything but Jamie and Claire and if they aren't the basis of the show then they're out out Okay, but what if, but what about, and then she says that, but what about the parts of the story where all four of them are involved? Watch because of Sam and Kate, or don't watch because of Sophie and Rick? Then you get people fussing about whether Jamie and Claire are being erased as the focus of the show, and she says, well, if they were. Then, and I have a, no reason to think that, what could you do about it? And so she says, I mean now that I've ge- been given an official position on the matter, it's not going to settle it. You're all going to have your opinions. La la la. But, but I thought it was really interesting that she's like well of course.
1: <laughs> of course um, they are. So in the television show thus far, it has mm-hmm. not been Jamie's story. It's still mm-hmm. been Claire's story. Mm-hmm. And it, it is. It's it is. It's told through Claire's eyes. It's Claire's well, the book story is told through her voice. It is it, well think. yeah, but the, in the book it's a little more balanced. you get Jamie's story told through Claire's eyes. You mm-hmm. also get some of Claire's story. She's not always she doesn't always narrate about herself.
0: Yeah, she narrates she about Roger. everybody around
1: her, and she yeah, doesn't. Yeah. She she doesn't always narrate and tell you, and you don't always get. She's not always a reliable narrator at all. Yeah, you've got this dichotomy, and and then after the second book, you know, in the second mm-hmm. book, you start getting third person Roger, third person Bree, third person, mm-hmm. telling of the story. So we get a little bit of a more of a narrator that's out mm-hmm. there somewhere that that we can trust a little bit more because we're telling mm-hmm. different stories. But but in in the at least in the first. In the first couple of seasons, mm. this is Claire's story.
0: And from the feminist
1: perspective, yeah, so
0: as part of what made it radical.
1: Why are you women getting upset about
0: this? Now that
1: you're not seeing Jamie. Yeah, why? No. Why oh. You we now have the opportunity to yeah. to see a strong female character. And yeah. you're poo-pooing it? Because? Yeah, yeah, because we don't want to see Claire. We want to see Jamie. I'm like, uh. I, this yeah. is this is why I'm angry at women, so many of those who, who, who <laughs> whine about this. I'm like, you get to see a, you get to, you get to see a woman who knows what she wants in bed, who gets yeah. the hottest man <laughs> in the area, yeah. the king of yeah. men, to yeah. give it to her. And all he wants to do is give it to her. And, yeah. and, and he, he respects but you don't see him give
0: it to her enough that's part of what they're saying right so they haven't seen the sex (laughs) and they aren't having that connection and it's you know and Jamie's not allowed to be man so you know there's that whole masculinity thing I also think and we're gonna do so let's not go on a rant here about this (laughs) let me me rope us in here for a second we're gonna do an episode just on masculinity right And, and I think there's something there I also think that there's something subconscious about the whole issue with our, our male hero has been raped and how we perceive his masculinity on a subconscious level because of that. And nobody's hmm. talking about that, hmm. but I, I do think that there's something in it because it's different having read it as opposed to having seen it. Yeah. And so I do think maybe it's driven by people who haven't read the book and so they don't know the details, but there's so many book readers who say they just skip over that part.
1: Oh, God. Um,
0: and Or even people who love the series who skip over those two episodes. I, and I do think, and I don't know exactly what it is, but I do think there's something there. And how we're how we're talking about Jamie's masculinity, how we're talking about him being sidelined, how he's become less is somehow influenced by that issue.
1: Yeah, I think that you're right. I, I know people, and I've read the I've read their comments, how they do skip over those episodes, and I think mm-hmm. that it is an integral they part of... They can't
0: face it, and yet it's still there. It's still there in the back of their mind. Yeah,
1: it's an integral yeah. part of his character and how mm-hmm. he deals with his masculinity and how he deals with... His relationship with Claire as the man in the relationship as yep. his gender if, if you skip over that part of Jamie's life how does he help Ian get through the rape that he experiences exactly. with a female exactly. I mean so he mm-hmm. he's raped and molested by gayless mm-hmm. that seems to be okay for people mm-hmm. I find that to be problematic that it's okay yeah. for a woman to rape a man yeah. because gee they're getting their rocks off and mm-hmm. it, it should agree. be all right he wanted it
0: he liked yeah. it right i mean that's how what most people would see
1: that is and maybe that's was, one of the issues uh, maybe that's one of the yeah. issues is that jamie does unfortunately get pleasure mm-hmm. from his rape because his body mm-hmm. responds, responds as a body does mm-hmm. if you didn't read the books you don't understand that Bree's mm-hmm. body also responds that way mm-hmm. with Stephen Bonnet when she's raped by Stephen Bonnet. She yep. has orgasm and yep. it, is, uh, it, is, it is forced upon her, which is the whole point. It is yep. forced upon her, which is why it's a huge and horrible act of violence. Mm-hmm. And she has problems with Roger later because yep. of this. We do need to talk about the masculine story, the emasculation uh, of Jamie and the issues that people have around that. There's, a, there's mm-hmm. another blog out there called Outlander Behind the Scenes and it's run by Courtney Williams and she's fantastic. I met her during the Through the Stones convention back in November and she and I very briefly touched on this but I asked if she would be a part of this conversation because she's got some very definite opinions on Jamie's masculinity. I think a lot of, at least what I remember her saying was, the Jamie in the book is very different than the Jamie depicted on screen. And yeah. it, it can't help but be. We all have an image of the king of men in our brains, we all have this image of. James Fraser the viking with the slanted eyes and the gorgeous body with the scars on his back we've all got that image and we all know who that person is so when you bring in somebody like Sam Hewen who is gorgeous and beautiful and all the things mm-hmm. it's there's going to be something missing mm-hmm. and that you expected and there's going to be something more that Sam brings to it yeah. uh, And and it's the same with Roger. There's no way it's going to match all of it. Yeah. No, no. And there's, I mean, there's no way that people are going to match Claire. I think that Katrina does an amazing job, but Mm -hmm. God, everybody's off about the fact that her eyes are blue instead of amber, and you know, (laughs) that Jamie said this thing in a different way, and you know, I, I also want to throw out there (laughs) that Mm -hmm. Roger was a dick this season Mm -hmm. without spanking Brie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Those of you who are watching
1: this but can't see her (laughs) face—that Jamie was a dick during that scene. He was a total, total asshole,
0: and and
1: he he he. It's played off as being funny in the in the series. Oh, see, I hated that because it's not funny in the it's book. It's not funny in the book, and mm. it's handled very differently in the book. Mm. But in the series and in the book, he changes. He mm. does. So does she in the book. Mm-hmm. But they come to an agreement that he will never do this to her again. And mm-hmm. she is very clear, you will never do this to me again. And so far, he doesn't. <laughs> well, it, it, it's part of the story of discovery mm-hmm. between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know each other. They had to get married. They, they don't know each yeah. other, and they're discovering each other. And that's part of the, the journey that we're on. And I think that was, for me, I, I, loved, I loved how they depicted uh, the Americas, even though I don't know any North Carolina forest that looks like what I just saw on the screen, I know it was shot in Scotland. And so I got family in Carolina. They come from the Scots that came over. Mm-hmm. And I, There's no forest that I know of in Carolina that looks like that. I, I love the depiction of the Americas, though, early Americas. I love the depiction of the Native American traditions, the Native American culture, the indigenous people and, and the heightened there. I loved the calling out of slavery and the mm-hmm. and the conflict and the complications for Mm -hmm. everyone involved in that and the pain that it's inflicted on everyone for that Yeah. but especially for the people of color who are Mm -hmm. enslaved I love all of the things but if I was to say if there was one thing that I was missing I was Mm -hmm. missing the journey that Claire and Jamie are on and the discovery Mm -hmm. of each other Mm -hmm. throughout that journey because that to me is the heart of the story Mm-hmm. And we, we got that from Roger and Bree, and we got some of that from Ian and we got the arcs there. I just mm-hmm. think it was a Herculean task for the writers to include all of that. I th- yeah. still think they could have included a little bit more rather than just writing in a couple of sex scenes. I needed, yeah. I needed reasons why they were mm-hmm. connecting instead of, mm-hmm. it's time for us to have sex. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I, needed, I needed a connection, mm-hmm. a deeper connection. And that's the, the beauty of the sex scenes from the previous episodes, the previous seasons, mm-hmm. is that each of the times they have this moment where they're they're pleasing each other or they're pleasing mm-hmm. themselves or, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a reason behind it and there's a connection to be made. And I did not get yeah. that from the season, that any time yeah. that Jamie and Claire were together, you know, I, I wanted them to end up in the... I wanted them to sneak off... At JoCastas and, mm-hmm. you know, and and connect in ways that they've not been able to.
0: There's a quote from that cast, though, about whether or not Outlander is still a groundbreaking TV show, and it says Ellinder is no longer spoken of as a radical, groundbreaking, revolutionary, and or progressive TV show, even though it has the most amazing. Amazingly wonderful production values and fabulous actors. It has become in many ways another historical drama. Uh, So my question is what needs to happen? Mm. And I don't know that we can answer this. But what needs to happen in the next and, and maybe this is for listeners. You guys come back to us and give us suggestions or what you think. But what needs to happen in the next season to reclaim that? What is in the fiery cross that could make this TV show become radical, groundbreaking, revolutionary, and progressive again.
1: What do you think? I'm 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 slogging my way through the fiery cross again, and I am still at the gathering. In the gathering. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, so well, Voyager think, is on I the bottom. What I think
0: I yeah, and fiery right after cross is that is it's it's the party the
1: Worst for you. <laughs> God. Yeah, so I don't I don't know that I have an answer yet. I think I need to think about that probably a little bit longer. I need to I need to have an arc. I need to have an arc mm-hmm. in the story of Jamie and Claire. There was really no arc here for them.
0: Yeah, they were it was
1: kind of stasis. It was it, very it, it, flat. It was, it was flat. I think to do better I need to have arcs for Jamie and Claire. Mm-hmm. I need to have obviously the arc for Roger and Bree because now they're going to be discovering each other in a different way. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. going to be discovering each other as a married couple and, and parents. Mm-hmm. I think that if they leave the arc to the American Revolution, then they've mm-hmm. lost the concept that this is uh, that's the context for the arc mm-hmm. of the relationship with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they'll make that mistake. I'm hoping they don't make that mistake. That because that would be the historical drama. That would be the, you know, we're 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 moving towards the revolution, and it's all about the revolution. It's not. It's never been about the revolution. It's about the context in which these characters find themselves. The American Revolution makes it really interesting and fun to discover what the characters are discovering about each other. We've lost Ian for a time. Uh, We lose him in the story in the Fiery Cross for a time. And, and I want to see an arc between Roger and Jamie.
0: Yeah. Th- I think that's what I'm, I mean, I don't know that that would put it back into the radical, groundbreaking, progressive, and, and revolutionary, but that I think is probably what matters the most for me for this next season is between Roger and Jamie. Because the rattlesnake scene is yeah. vital in Fiery Cross where we almost lose Jamie. And, and so
1: that's really important to me. Right. So yeah. that's part of the yeah. journey for Claire and Jamie. and that's I, it's funny because when when I remembered the rattlesnake scene before I did all this research for you know mm. theology and, and time mm-hmm. travel, I did not remember so much the conversation between Roger and Jamie.
0: Mm.
1: That's probably my favorite part in that whole book. Wait, wait, it's, it's mine now. <laughs> but mm. what I remembered was Jamie telling Claire that he was probably going to die, and Claire mm-hmm. going. Oh, no, you're not. I'll take your leg. I'm going to do everything I can to save you, Mm -hmm. and you're not going anywhere. And him trying to tell her that she needs to go back through the stones. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so this is kind of the setup for Mm -hmm. what happens when Jamie and Claire are no longer Jamie and Claire. What happens when— You begin to start
0: to worry about them aging or dying, where you— didn't really before
1: yeah. no you don't really before in in voyager yes there's many opportunities for them to die because of the <laughs> near-death
0: experiences yes but not not necessarily right. Right. i don't know it so is the, yes, the, their mortality is is more the inevitable
1: yeah. we're mm-hmm. all heading down that road right we will mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. ultimately end in this way and so mm-hmm. even if they survive the treachery of the people around them and the treachery mm-hmm. of the Landscape, the context in which they live, they will not survive. Mm-hmm. They do die. We know they're gonna die. And yeah. so I think this sets that up. And I think we started seeing pieces mm-hmm. of that, and even in Drums of Autumn, that they didn't show mm-hmm. in the television series, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Jamie falls and hurts his back, and he can't, yeah. and he can't get back, and Claire's concerned and worried, and so she goes and she saves him in mm-hmm. the book, and mm-hmm. it's the realization that Jamie has a, 48-year-old back mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's spasming and he can't walk mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. at some point he's going to have a 58-year-old back mm-hmm. and a 68-year-old mm-hmm. old back and, and you know and at some point they mm-hmm. are going to die as we go through the book series that becomes more and more obvious I would have liked to have seen that beginning here Mm-hmm. Because I think that would be a greater arc throughout the series. The idea of, of them coming together and, and choosing to be with each other, knowing that knowing that at some point they may be separated in ways that they cannot help. although he says e- even even death will not separate us. Yeah, my assassin.
0: I think one thing, and okay, so as we've been talking a bit, think about it, so the radical groundbreaking revolutionary or progressive, moniker for the TV show coming back could also be something around love passion and sex in old
1: age um, it could be that and they don't let it be that I wish they would I mean I'm old Merton Jacasta you know, anything going on
0: you know that, I, I was glad to see that I was um, glad to see that
1: it was kind of weird just the way they a little bit. It, it was it was a but weird you knew it was setup. probably going to happen the way yeah. they were
0: talking about each other and you knew because Jocasta with Duncan Ennis in the book yes. you know and that you know, like I, I wasn't at all surprised by it but I was like woohoo yeah yeah if they let Jamie and Claire age i think that could be what might be radical
1: and groundbreaking if they can connect if they if they choose to let them connect in that way rather than just mm-hmm. Oh now it's time for a sex scene. If part of the arc is discovery, choice connection, discovery, choice, mm-hmm. connection, or discovery, mm-hmm. connection, choice, or choice, mm-hmm. discovery, you know however that goes, those three have to go together for it to be a satisfying mm-hmm. scene. It's not just sex for the opportunity to, the to s- it. Yeah, yeah, to see it. Yeah. Yes, in real life we have sex just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not interesting on television. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's called pornography.
0: plumbers do not come into your house and just for the
1: hell of it and check out other types of plumbing they don't do that (laughs) (laughs) let Um, me fit this coupling um (laughs) I could go on. And on a completely completely
0: different note, there's a show uh, on Netflix here, I don't know if it's in the States, but it's Killer Mike from Run the Jewels, who does this whole series and like these radical sort of questions, and he suggests that people don't know how to fix the fix things around the house anymore, and so we should, we should make videos to educate people, but the videos should be pornographic, because then people will pay attention, <laughs> so his pedagogical method is to use porn to teach you how to change a doorknob, and... <laughs> and, and it, it's it's really funny but really kind of oh my god can you can you imagine but then you know, and his, his his scientific method is completely completely out <laughs> of the window he, he does not
1: measure things properly but um, that makes me think well that, when um, you think this is six inches you don't measure things properly <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: We digress. Um, okay. Is there so. You wanted, else, you wanted to say yeah, about so,
1: Ian? So we talked about, about Marta Ian. a little bit, but um, Ian or Marta. I loved. I love them. Yes, I'm I do. So I. I that was glad. Back. I'm so glad that he's here, and I'm. I Ian. like Ian. I and 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 Lord John. So as I was looking through. And Lord John. And Lord John, yeah. as I was looking through. The series again. I'm, I was taking notes on each of the episodes, and the only thing I've written under "Blood of My Blood" is "Lord John mm. is so cute." That's all I wrote yeah. because I wrote so "Lord cute. John to the Rescue." Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, like two or three times. I love, I love those characters. I, I, I mm. liked the arc in the episode between Lord John mm-hmm. and Claire. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's one of my favorite scenes in mm-hmm. "Drums of Autumn." I love Ian. He's just as goofy and uh, you know they, they set up his arc at, in the very first episode about him wanting to be a uh, Jamie wanting him to be a man of worth yeah. and he becomes a man of worth he does mm-hmm. and Roger <laughs> is questionably. Roger becomes
0: a man of worth questionably
1: of a man of worth at the time but he does become a man of worth. obviously <laughs> Murta is a man of worth I mean they, they're all. Kind they of are. they um they do depart from the story quite a bit in this season and they have to because of Myrta and they that they brought Myrta back and we love that they brought Myrta back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a knock on effect. Yeah, and so they have to now they have to now create new content for Myrta. You know, he's not in the books and there is no yep. real Myrta substitute in the books. Mm-hmm. Jamie doesn't really have his godfather with him anymore in fact he prays to him and prays and you know Mm. asks his spirit to be with him during certain battles and during certain trying times I love that inclusion I love his relationship with Jamie I love his relationship with Claire that's Mm -hmm. just it's good to have that extra person there to kind of hold the two of them
0: up so I was asked by a friend okay so with the with the Myrta and Jocasta thing happening whether or not Ulysses is going to be
1: sidelined as a character i don't think so okay. i i hope not i think it is jocasta's privilege
0: that's kind of how i was like hang on a second so you're assuming that she can't be sleeping with both of them i think it's and
1: for for those who've maybe. not read the books jocasta and ulysses are really bopping
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah so i was like okay so you're assuming that that ulysses story has changed because jocasta sleeps with with Myrta. And, and I, don't, I don't know that that's
1: fair. Well, Joe Jocasta marries Duncan, Innes, mm-hmm. in the book. She sleeps they didn't with sleep him. Together. Oh, they didn't sleep together. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. I thought they did. Because nope, remember at the gathering he was quite worried. Oh, he couldn't. Yeah, because he, he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't. He's got erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So and they didn't have Viagra back then. Yep. No. That's yep. right. They didn't. So I think it's presumptuous mm-hmm. to assume that she doesn't sleep with more than one person. I think that it was her privilege to be able to keep Ulysses as her right-hand person and her lover. And, and we mean privilege not necessarily in a good way. No, it is her privilege. It is she her white is, privilege and she wealthy is
0: privilege. Slave master. She um, is the owner in charge what of what she, she wants. She
1: she has the power to get. She yep. owns Ulysses, and so mm-hmm. whether Ulysses loves her or not, it doesn't matter. And whether it's a consensual relationship or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He well, is it does pulled, matter. But well, yeah, it yeah, it, it doesn't not. matter in this context for yeah. him. He mm-hmm. has to do what she says. And mm-hmm. so he is not only the person who runs the estate with her, but mm-hmm. I I would assume that it would be okay for him to sleep with her. At, mm-hmm. at least it would be fine for her, for him to sleep with mm-hmm. her. She's mm-hmm. in charge. She can do whatever she yeah. wants to. Men have consistently done this. Thomas Jefferson consistently <laughs> done did this, and actually, you know, brought in his illegitimate children to help him mm-hmm. with things on his estate and traveled with his he traveled with Sally Hemings and
0: mm-hmm. the rest
1: of them. So it was acceptable that it was a white male's privilege to be able to sleep yep. with his enslaved people as well as his mm-hmm. wife whenever he so choose. So in that way, it could be groundbreaking that women can be as much of shits as men can be, <laughs> mm-hmm. given the power and the privilege.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know they're going to want to open that can of worms, though, but
1: maybe. I would like we'll to see. see them open that can of worms. I would. I would but like then, to see what but Marta would they do. They had the
0: opportunity to open that can of worms with Lord John Gray going to the slave cabins in this past season. As opposed well,
1: to... okay, so Jocasta is a morally questionable character. Mm-hmm. She's not a hero. In the books and, and in the television show, Lord John is a hero. Mm-hmm. To say that he goes to the slave cabins to have a tryst with one of the enslaved peoples on the plantation mm-hmm. would mean that he's doing an unheroic thing, mm-hmm. which can be delved into in the books but it's difficult to delve into that in the television series it's the same reason that Jamie does not rape Geneva in the television series where he clearly has sex with her against her will mm-hmm. in the books and you know it's it's how do you want to depict this character in 5 minutes are yeah. you going to hate him what them?
0: little time we have is that a battle where we're willing to fight
1: right so i'm sure that conversation has had so they went with consensual yeah. sex between john and one of the members of the dinner party board Alderdice, wasn't it yeah it was mm-hmm. i think Alderdice. he was a wasn't he a minister or something or a missionary it's or? A judge judge okay okay yeah so he, he came with his mama yeah he did who knows everything him. about him yes yeah. so that wasn't the only you know departure from the books the, mm. i think the 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 one episode that was the most different from the books was Down the Rabbit Hole. Brianna goes through the stones. She didn't send her possessions to Roger. None of that. None of that. She gives him a letter that he's supposed to open up a year later. She goes through the stones, then injures herself on this long trek to Lallybrock, and Leary rescues and saves her. Yeah. 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 It was an interesting choice. <laughs> so mm-hmm. one of the other arcs in the story this this season was mothers and daughters. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. Claire becomes the surrogate mother for Marcelie. Mm-hmm. And Marcelie becomes the surrogate daughter for Claire. Mm-hmm. They're about the same age, Marcellie and Bree, and 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 it's actually a lovely relationship that happens. Mm-hmm. In the same respect, Leary helps and, and heals and cares for Brie whenever she mm-hmm. is rescued on the road. She overturns her ankle, which is not in the books. In the books, Brie is incredibly no, competent and capable mm-hmm. and gets through sails, sails through getting to Lallybrock without any issue at all. That's not very interesting to show. I'm, I understand that. So, no. no. So, so Leary shows up. She saves Brie's life. She adopts her in a way into her home until she can go back on her way and until she discovers that she is Claire and Jamie's daughter Mm. this goes into the people are complicated people are ultimately not always going to be bad and not all going to be good that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of good in Leary and a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I think it showed another side of Leary that I hadn't seen and the acting this year, some of it was hit or miss, I felt. But the young woman who Mel plays Hudson. Leary is a solid actress. Her name, yeah. Good gosh, mm. she was great. She plays the line between good and evil really, really well. Mm. Very complicated. Yep. Very complex. I liked it. The question is whether or not that needed to be a part of the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could We could play the game of I wish they'd spent more time on this and less on that. I don't know how useful that is, but I am of a similar mind.
1: I hope we see Jenny yeah Sometime, i don't know again. that we will she doesn't really show back up until book seven yeah. um, except okay. in letters and so we don't really get to see her until then and maybe mm-hmm. by then she'll be off broadway <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and she'll come back yeah maybe so i guess as we wrap this up and wrap up our season there's things to watch that uh, to get through Droughtlander. yes there are things we could we could we would love your suggestions i can tell you that i've just recently watched vanity fair i started that and i'm mm, i what did you think i i liked it until i got to the last couple of episodes and and then i remembered what vanity fair was about uh, being this Mm. morality story i would have I wasn't really thrilled with them. The the acting was solid. All of the production values were great. But if you like the Mm -hmm. story Vanity Fair, and if you like this particular actress, which I do, Mm -hmm. I like her quite Mm a bit. Uh, She's also in Ready Player One. She plays Artemis. Mm -hmm. I think she's a fantastic actress. But uh, the the story itself is very conventional, early Mm. 19th century uh, morality. It left me with kind of a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Yeah, I just I I was like, eh, I, I'm not getting it. I'm gonna let it go. So two things that I've watched recently that have really enjoyed, and both connected in odd ways. So first, um, is the BBC adaptation of Les Miserables. Oh, um, I haven't seen the, that yet. But it's Victor H- Hugo's. Book, not the musical which is based on his book and it's coming to Masterpiece Theatre in the States sometime soon so maybe by the time you guys hear this it'll be out if not it should be coming imminently so you definitely should watch that if you can get over the whole idea that all of these French characters have London accents in its various <laughs> uh, quadrant it'll be fine but um, it, was, it was really good done really well and so again this kind of it's sacred text for a lot of people and the story is really important for a lot of people and you can totally see why. So yeah, so that was really good. The other thing I watched recently, we just finished it last night, was Russian Doll. We had not
1: finished it. We have not okay. finished it. I'm we're not s- going to say No, 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 no. Do you Oh, I've got I'm in the middle I, I have of it. Been, it is I'm not so going to say a thing. The- I but <gasps> I've been thinking
0: Terry's mind will be blown specifically <gasps> oh. in relation to the whole time travel
1: side. Oh, I'm loving uh, this so much. And we, we so we're going to watch so some more tonight. Fun. But we've been binging it's so it. So much fun. We yeah. also Okay, so I'm don't don't tell me anything about that. I'm loving 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 it.
0: It's it's good. It's I love really the character. Good. I, love I the new need character. to watch it again. Yeah, it's full of so, so many little Easter eggs and so many clever things that I need to watch it
1: again. Now, another yeah. clever story that I watched was Sex Education. Oh, I've if heard you about have it, but not, I haven't watched it. We we found out about it. We found out mm. about it on a Sunday, and by mm. Thursday, we'd finished all all eight episodes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just watching in the evenings, it's it it's totally bingeable. Very okay. well written. Very slick. Okay. Very funny. Okay. And there's a lot of there's just a lot of truth in it. I like it very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about cool. a a young man whose mother is a sex uh, therapist, mm-hmm. and he's 15 and trying to go through. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to go through high school. He's got some <laughs> sexual dysfunction. All of his friends Aww. are having sex, and they have some issues. They're they're needing therapy, so they start coming to him for oh, for for, so for therapy like
0: sex therapist by proxy.
1: Yeah. And so he he offers them great advice but he still mm. can't manage his own life. So it's a it's Aww. it's really well done. Gillian Anderson is in it. Her British accent is spot on by the way. She's very good. She's very good. And every
0: She's been doing mostly UK based stuff recently. So she's great
1: would, in this. Well. Um so are all mm. of the other actors in this. The mm. the young man who played Hugo in the mm-hmm. in the movie hugo he's mm-hmm. in it and he's just great he's not mm-hmm. he's tops so i i highly recommend that one also mm-hmm. you watched a discovery of witches back I last did. year
0: well jane uh january
1: yeah and i just finished I it because it was it came on oh no no it was in the autumn it didn't yeah. come to the states until january if you loved the series the the book series the trilogy the All Souls trilogy. The All then Souls
0: trilogy, but you will probably, yeah. yeah,
1: then you will probably mm-hmm. very much like this. I read the first book of the series and I was like, meh. The television show was okay, but then when I got to the end, I realized again why I we went, meh. So um, mm-hmm. I've am i got the second book in the series to see if maybe, because there's time travel he in picks it. It's back up, yeah. And I, I want to at least read right. it because of the time travel elements, but I'm having a hard time getting mm-hmm. through it. It's just not. It, yeah, it, it's just it. There's something about it that screams Twilight to me, and I'm not really mm-hmm. a huge fan of Twilight, so I don't know. Other I love people Matthew love it,
0: Good, but without him, I wouldn't have watched it. Oh, I do love yeah. Matthew
1: Good, and I'm my next thing with him is the mm-hmm. Agatha Christie series that mm-hmm. I want to see, <sighs> and I can't remember the name of it. But it's <laughs> hold on a second.
0: The other thing, while you're looking, playing with time is the new season of True
1: Detective. It's Ah uh, Ordeal by Innocence. Ordeal by Innocence. Ooh, I need to look for that then. It's got Anthony Boyle, Morvin Christie, Christian Cook, Bill Nighy, Matthew Good, Luke Mm Treadaway, Anne Chancellor, Crystal Clark. It looks really good. Oh, it gets a 7.3 on IMDb.
0: I was saying, kind of playing with time a bit, the True Detective, the new series of True Detective. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I love the first one. The second one, eh. I never finished it. I need to go back probably and watch it now. But season three is with, uh, I hope I say his name right, I always get the consonants turned around, but Maharashtra Ali, mm, uh, so he's yes. in Moonlight, and right. he was the villain in Luke Cage. Yes, and,
1: he played oh mouth, God. he's great. Brilliant. He's a he's great actor. Brilliant. He's also in Green Book, um, right? not is it Green in Green Book, Book Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. This season of True Detective has been fabulous so far. Great. Um Just this, this playing between his character in the 80s, his character in the 90s, and his character today. And it's not a spoiler, but he's kind of he's dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's and mm. issues of memory. And the story weaves between those three time time periods. Yeah. And it's it's really brilliantly done. He's amazing. That's great. Um, so yeah. So as far as good stories to kind of sink your teeth into, those are the ones I would recommend. Oh. I'm conscious that it's um,
1: we're, we're running a little bit about, late today
0: Yeah, this season 2 wrap up of the podcast series the new series coming out we want your feedback your thoughts, topics conversations that you'd like for us to have, ideas, questions that you've got maybe, things like that that might be useful for for doing future podcasts. We have have a list and we can keep going through that list and eh, you know, it'll be fine but we would love to be doing stuff that you would be interested in hearing as well. So we do have stuff around gender and masculinity, which we've already talked about. Stuff around violence and vengeance and justice and forgiveness—that is kind, of, you know—that that we could spend quite a bit of time on. So we might need to spread that about. One of our listeners, Bodil, uh, was talking to us, asking if we'd do something around punishment, corporal punishment or paying for wrong done in the series penance and how do type we, of thing how do we do that yeah we also want to have some more guests so terry mentioned having
1: i, I talked to her briefly at through the stones yeah. but i would very mm-hmm. much like to see courtney williams come on the show if possible courtney, so, courtney yeah williams, so I'll, yeah. I'll be i'll be contacting you courtney to see yeah. if you might be willing to be on the show and talk a little bit about your take on the book versus the television show and uh, yeah. especially about Jamie's masculinity and the emasculation of, of, of James yeah. Frazier.
0: Yeah. We want to have Amy Davis on who's done a lot of stuff around fandom and gender. And so it might be that, yeah, how we work that out. I think Amy'd be great to have with that, yeah. uh, with the conversation with Courtney as well. But yeah, how, how exactly we do that. I'm not quite sure yet. Amy lives up in Hull and in, um, the North of England. So talking about maybe going up there and recording something with her and us jointly so we'll have to figure out
1: practicalities and now that we're using zoom yeah. we can do that
0: Woohoo! and now that we're using zoom we can do that so yeah we'll see how that goes we've got another great season coming up and we hope you'll stick with us we'll so see you in april come, we'll pop back up in april for our one-year anniversary definitely
1: yeah So, all right cool well all right well' it's great to talk to you as always we'll be around That's it for this episode of Outlander Soul. Thanks for listening. We
0: would really appreciate it if you'd review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps
1: people to find us. If you listen and like what you hear, please consider supporting us financially. Just click the support us at outlandersoul.com. There are lots of ways to donate. Every little bit helps.
0: Also, we'd love to hear your questions, thoughts, and ideas because part of the work that we're doing is gathering data on how fans interact with and value Outlander in their lives. So we're really interested in what you have to say. And
1: we know Outlander fans
0: have a lot to say. So please send us your thoughts through our website, email, voice memos, or social media and follow the links on Facebook, Twitter,
1: Tumblr, Instagram. You can also contact us by email at outlandersoulpodcast at gmail.com or via our website, www.outlandersoul.com. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you again in two weeks. See you later. See ya.